of the Lord. Hear the word of the Lord. Jeremiah 29, verse 11. Jeremiah 29, we're going two places. I know it's fifth Sunday. I'm going to do some fifth Sunday preaching. You know, people get a little tired on fifth Sunday. Jeremiah 29, 11, but also be ready to flip to Romans 8, 28. That's Jeremiah 29 and 11. And we'll go to read one verse in Romans. Eight twenty-eight. Did I say eight twenty-eight? I'm right. Okay. I still hear Bibles turning. One of the major prophets. There's Isaiah, then Jeremiah. I'll be reading that one from that particular verse from the NIV. Hear the word of the Lord. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a, and a future. Your word, the King James Version says, for I know the thoughts. Those are interchangeable. I think towards you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not evil. To give you an expected in not a not a not a guest in not a I think you might end up here but an expected in Romans 8 28 for we know that all things work together for the good of them that love God to them that are called according to his purpose. I want to talk about this morning. I've been pre-approved for blessings from God. I've been pre-approved for blessings from God. I know sometime in a church we, we kind of get on trends. I don't know about this, tell your neighbor this and tell your neighbor that. I don't know about that. But I do know that the word says encourage yourself. Sometimes you got to speak to yourself. See, 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 see. I know what the word says that life and death lies in the power of the tongue. So, so what I want you to say your, to yourself this morning, don't say it to your neighbor, say it to yourself. Say, I'm pre-approved to be blessed by God. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, draw us nearer, 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 blessed Lord. Draw us closer to the cross where thine has died. 
Draw us nearer, 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 blessed Lord, to thy blessed bleeding sight. Father, you put the words in my mouth today. You speak today, Lord. Father, these are your people, and they need to hear a word from you. Father, don't let them see me. Let your glory fill this place, and let us worship while we listen to the word. I've been pre-approved for blessings by God. A young lady by the name of Petra Anderson, who was 22-year-old, who was a 22-year-old lady who was at the midnight premiere of the movie, The Dark Knight Rises, in Aurora, Colorado, she was shot four times by a gunman who opened fire in a Colorado theater. Three of the shotgun bullets went in her arm. The fourth bullet entered her nose, went up through to her cranium, and the bullet lodged at the back of her head. Her injuries were really severe. Her condition was critical. The article that I read says that the doctors prior to surgery were concerned because so much of the brain had been traversed by the bullet. But her pastor was there and he, they, they quoted him as saying he was at the hospital doing her surgery and, and uh, he added that the doctors were worried that her injuries could impair her speech, could affect her memory, could affect her perception, could make her a vegetable. Her whole mental skill set was at stake now. Her pastor went on to say that something was discovered during her five-hour surgery. They discovered something, the surgeons discovered that they found out that her brain had sustained very little damage. And they were able to remove the bullet. Her pastor went on to say that Petra was saved by what the doctors term a birth defect. That's what the doctors termed it. They said that in her skull, there was a tiny channel of fluid running through her skull. And they said that the shotgun buck, when it entered her, uh, her brain, uh, that it entered through her nose at the exact point of its defect. <laughs> and when the bullet entered this defect that was in her brain, the bullet was guided around the vital organs of her brain. <laughs> Tell me God ain't awesome. They said the bullet went around vital organs in her brain. The bullet was guided like a marble that you would put in a tube, and it just followed this channel that they termed a defect. But, 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 but I like what her mother said. Her mother said that, 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 that not only did God protect her, he prepared her too. Don't you know? when God has purpose for your life. Don't you know when you are a child of God, 
Nothing surprises him. God knew from her birth that she needed to have what they call a, a birth defect. But, the, but, but, but God knew that on that day that that, that bullet would enter and it entered in an exact point and the channel that they called the birth defect guided the bullet around the back of her brain and the doctors were able to go in and remove the bullet and now she's walking and she's talking. Still in the hospital at the time I read this. Tell me God ain't awesome. You need to realize that God has purpose for your life. That's why you got to know the word. No weapon formed against me. That's what my sisters you got finished singing. We'll prosper. All I can say is a mystery. There's a mysterious side to God that we don't understand. Now, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not overshadowed. I know there was 12 other people that didn't make it. And I'm not saying that she was better than him. But, but there's some things about God and the world you don't understand. In Acts chapter 12, the apostle is Peter and James. James get killed, Peter gets spared. And the question is, you know, there's some things that, that we don't understand and we will understand them better by and by. But the important thing is, is to know when, when you don't know the why, it's important to know the who. You need to know the who and know that God is in control of your life. Let's get to the text. It's around 586 B.C. This is the third deportation. I think if I check my Old Testament history, there was three deportations for the children of Israel. I think the first one was at 605 B.C. The second one was in 597 B.C. And this is the third and final deportation where the children of Israel are driven out their land because they wanted to serve other gods. And God had to get to the point where he had to show them that I'm going to let Nebuchadnezzar and the city of Babylon take you into captivity. So here we are. So here we are. So he went to, they went to, let me, let me, let me slow down. So while in Babylon, the children of Israel started looking for a word from the Lord. Isn't it funny that when we get in trouble, isn't it funny that when we get sick, isn't it funny when our money is funny, isn't it funny when our relationships and our marriages, we start looking for a word from the Lord. Isn't it funny when we get in trouble, we start, you know, we start throwing the, blowing the dust off our Bibles. Isn't it funny when we get sick and we got to have surgery, we start seeking a word from the Lord. So, so, so the children of Israel started looking for a word from the Lord. And if you go back to the previous chapter, chapter 28, there was a false prophet by the name of Hananiah. Hananiah told the priests and the people of Israel that he had broken the yoke of Nebuchadnezzar. And he told the people of Israel what they wanted to hear. He told them that y'all only going to be there two years. And Jeremiah heard it. And the Lord spoke to Jeremiah and said, I didn't send him. 
you better watch who you listen to. He told Jeremiah, go back and tell the people, it ain't going to be two years, it's going to be 70. You're going to be in Babylon 70 years. See, you got to watch what people tell you. You can't listen to everybody who say they come to you in the name of the Lord. You can't listen to everybody in the church family sometimes. You know what? I've learned what I've learned what I've learned. You better learn how to keep your circles tight. You better learn. You better learn that you just can't let anybody speak into your spirit. You better learn that, that, that you need to get somebody that you can be transparent with, that you can let your hair down with. You got to be with somebody to let, to let them know that, hey, this is what I'm going through. And they don't look at me at Reverend Myron Ingram, but they look at me as Myron and say, son, I'm with you, but I'm praying with you to get through this. You better watch who you run with. So Jeremiah tells them in verse 10 of chapter 29, he gives them a time limit on how long they will suffer. He tells them, you're not coming out till God says you're coming out. He tells them, no matter what you do, you can't escape the judgment of God. Jeremiah then goes on to tell them in verse 10, to, I want you to get ready to settle in for the long haul. You're going to be in Babylon for a while. You're going to be in Babylon 70 years. See, this was not popular for Jeremiah to write this letter. I believe Jeremiah's heart was broken. I believe Jeremiah had tears in his eyes because he had to come back and clean up what this false prophet had already done. And that's one of the hardest things to do is come behind somebody who did something that you got to clean up their mess. And on top of that, he had to come back and get him a, an extended 68-year sentence saying, you're going to be there. So what the children of Israel need to Jeremiah wanted them to realize is that he was letting them know, God wanted them to know that I'm not destroying you. I'm not destroying you because I'm sending you there for 70 years. I'm just delaying my promise to you. See, you know, sometimes when we're going through, we got to look beyond the period that we're going through. We got to look beyond the, the, the season that we're going through and know that beyond the season, God has a promise that he will promise you. He never leave you or forsaken. God will keep his promise. There are some times when it seems like God has taken away your blessings. But I'm here to tell you that it's not a denial, it's just a delay. The question is, can you wait on your blessing? That's the question. Can you wait on your blessing? Can you wait on him? Can you see past the period that you're going through and trust God through that period? And to do what he said he was going to do and promise you that it will come forth. Can you trust him that he's an on-time God? 
going through financial issues, will you trust him that he's going to bring you through? Going through when your marriage is on the rocks, trust in him that when it don't look like you're going to make it, that God will. All you got to do is wait on him. The book of Joshua, you know, it, 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 it's funny when I look at this because when you look earlier in this book, in verse 5 and 6 of uh, chapter 28 of, 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 of Jeremiah, you see where he tells them that you're going to have to build your houses and you're going to have to plant your food. But what's the complete opposite is Joshua 24 and 13. The children of Israel, they didn't have to build no houses. They didn't have to plant no vineyards. It's what I call inherited credit. You didn't have to do nothing for it. See, 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 see. It, it, verse 13 says to Joshua 24, it says, I've given you a land which you did not labor. I've given you cities that you built not, but yet you dwell in them. He said, I'm giving you vineyards and olive yards which you have not planted, but yet you do eat. They had inherited credit on the backs of their forefathers. New Mission, we have inherited credit on the backs of our forefathers. All the way back to Dunbar, there were some people who put their blood, sweat, and tears into this place that we might have what we have today. Uh, uh, you know, we, we, we didn't do nothing to inherit this blessing. It's because what other people did before, I thank God for my parents. My parents gave me inherited credit. They taught me about the Lord. They not only taught me about the Lord, they took me to church. They took me to Sunday school. My daddy taught me how to be a man by his example. He taught me my work ethic because I watched him work. My day, I have inherited credit. And from the Civil Rights Movement, I thank God for Dr. Fred L. Shuttlesworth. I was raised in my church. My dad was the chairman of the Deacon Board. But I tell you what, I was able to see a little closer up front what the movement was all about, even as a little child. I saw Dr. King when he brought him in to speak, even though I vaguely remember it. But it's because of what the Civil Rights Movement did, we had some rights that we never would have gotten. But it's the complete opposite in our, in our text. Verse 9 is what I want to term, what I want to term is verse 5 of 29 is what I want to term inherited debt. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We had inherited credit where we didn't do nothing. Uh -huh. But there comes a time when you got to pay the piper. Yes, Even on this Christian journey, there comes a time. Look what he tells them. Look what he tells them. He said, build yourself houses. They didn't have to build houses before while they were in Babylon. He said, I want you to dwell in them. And he said, plant gardens if you want to eat. He didn't have to plant garden or olive branches before because he did all that for you. There are some things where you have to pay the debt that you owe. Some of us try to go through life being free about everything, get everything free. I think that's one of the problems with the church. We, we try to do everything free for them. We try to get everything. We don't want to pay the price. I heard somebody say, free is me. But there comes a time when you, got, when you get yourself in a position 
where you want to keep your dollar in your pocket and you need to pay what needs to be paid in order to do what needs to be done. There comes a time when you got to stop being the person getting a handout and be the person to give a handout. There comes a time when you need to be able to pay it forward for somebody else who paid it forward for you. There comes a time when you got to get, well, you need to mature up and put more than that dollar you've been putting in church every Sunday. When you know you can afford more. Put up our fingers. Here go, man. When the, when the children of Israel lived in Canaan, they had inherited credit. And when they were in captivity in Babylon, they had inherited debt. There are seasons that you live in Babylon. And there are seasons you live in Canaan. There's a time, young folks, when you got to stop having babies just to get more money off welfare. There comes a time when you need to get a skill set that's going to get you off welfare. That while you ain't sitting up there waiting every month for a check to come and waiting for your food stamps to get there. Now, if you need it, that's okay. But some of us, we take abuse of the system. We start having more babies so we can get more money. That's not what it's designed for. Life is not always in Canaan. Life is not always in Canaan where everything is given to you. Life is not always in Canaan where your finances are always blessed. Life is not always in Canaan where your marriage is blessed. Life is not always in Canaan where you always have good health and you never get sick. Life is not always in Canaan where your children are blessed and they don't give you problems. Sometimes you got to go to Babylon. Sometimes... Sometimes when, you're, you know, when your job is eliminated, you got to go to Babylon and your finances get cut. There's sometimes in your marriage that your marriage goes to Babylon and it's in trouble. There's sometimes that, 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 that you know that your heart is going to get broken by somebody. There's some things that you know that you have to go to Babylon. The text says in 29.11, for I know if I stopped there and didn't preach no more, that ought to be more than enough for you to be blessed. God says, I know. It don't make no difference to God whether you in Babylon or whether you in Canaan. It don't make no difference if you on the mountain or in the valley. It don't matter if you got a bankroll or you ain't got two nickels to rub together. God is saying, I know. Notice, I know is present tense. It, it, God is not saying when you give him a problem saying I'm working on it. God is not saying I'll get back to you. God is not saying let me, let, let me figure that out. I, I, you know. God is saying I know. 
That's all God has to say. Because God is sovereign. Don't make no difference to him where you at. He knows. If you make your bed in hell, he's there. If you take wings to the early part of the morning up on the mountain, he's there. God knows before we know. God knows our thoughts before we even think them. God's ways are past finding out. That's why God told Moses, say, Moses said, what should I tell him? He said, tell him that I am, that I am. Is God your I am that you am? If God is your I am that you am, if he's your I am, then you ain't got nothing to worry about. I don't care what you, if you really believe that in your heart, Bert, if he knows that I am that I am. God says that I am that I am. He said, I know, he goes on to say, I know the plans. The plans. Plans and purpose, you can interchange those two words. No matter what happens to you, in Romans 8, 28, it's going to work out for your good. That's what he's saying. I know the plans, I know the purpose that I have for you. No matter what happens along this journey, it's going to work out for your good. You can say, well, he left me. Good. It's going to work out for your good. You can say, well, she came back. Good. It's going to work out for your good. You can say, well, I had to lose my job. Good. It's going to work out for your good. Anything that comes up against you that's not working for your good, God will interrupt it. I wish I had some people to believe that. I really do, Bird. Anything that's not going to work out for your good, he's going to stop it. Anything that's not going to work out for your good, God is going to rebuke it. Anything that's not going to work out for you. Anything that's not going to work out for your good, he's going to raise a standard against it. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Oh, he'll change it. He'll change the situation. He'll change the situation on your job. That boss that been acting uh, bad against you, been pressuring you, he'll remove that boss. That neighbor who's been giving you all kind of heck, he'll change them, he'll make them move out. Let me go on, let me go on, let me go on. Because he'll change it because he knows the plans that he has for you. You know what I found out? The key is in your praise. The key is in your praise. The key is in your praise. Paul says, so we glory in tribulation. Paul says, we praise when we're base. We praise when we're bound. 
We praise God when things are going right. We praise God when things are going wrong. Because the reason why we praise is because he has this thing. He has us in his hand. We are being guided like a scud missile to an expected end. There's a place where God is expecting me to end up at. There's a place God is expecting you to end up at because he has purpose. And because I have purpose, because you have purpose, you don't need to be wasting your energy in the efforts that's not advancing you towards your purpose. Let me say that again. We spend a lot of time doing nothing. We spend a lot of time worrying about stuff that probably ain't going to happen. We spend a lot of time worrying about what people are saying about us. And what I'm saying to you is that you don't need to waste your energy. Don't waste your efforts into things that are not advancing you towards your purpose. Ladies, if he ain't Boaz, move on to the real deal. But I love him. If I could just change him. I know it look funny, big six foot five brother talking with a high voice. He's in my heart. He's a loser. I don't understand. I don't understand. I was talking to this brother, man. This, I said, maybe we came up the wrong way or something. I know, I know women who work and the man is staying home all day long. And ain't being, a, ain't being no, 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 no stay-at-home dad, just home. I asked Pastor Venice when I said, what did I do wrong? <laughs> you better kick that buster out. My mama used to tell me, I didn't understand it, it didn't make a lot of sense, but she used to get me up to go look for a job. She said, if you don't job, job, job ain't gonna job you. I said, this old lady crazy, what is she talking about? She come and wake me up in the morning. Get up, get up, get up, get up. If you don't job, job. Job ain't gonna job you. That was uh, Evelynism. So I don't need to be wasting my energy or my efforts into things that are not advancing me. Start, you know, you know what? I don't want to preach if I ain't supposed to preach. It's not doing you a favor. It's not doing me a favor. I, I, want, I want God to show me my purpose if it's not, but, but not preaching so I can walk in my purpose. 
Don't let me put all my time. Don't let me put all my energy. Don't let me put all my money. Don't let, don't, don't let me use up all my youth and I'm getting older now. But, but don't let me try to do things that I'm not supposed to be doing. And you know what you can't get caught up in? You can't get caught up up then doing something that somebody else wants you to do. You can't get caught up in doing something that Big Mama wanted you to do. You can't get caught up in doing something that Grandma wanted you to do or wanted you to be. You better find your purpose and tell Big Mama and Grandmama, I love you, but y'all better get out of here and let me walk. The text goes on to say, for I know the plans I have for you. For you. Seven million people in the, in the world. Seven billion, over seven billion people in the world. But the word is saying, I have a plan for you. It's personal. You know what? You can't afford to get your life stuck in neutral. You need to know who you are in Christ. You need to know who you are in Christ. It's important to know that you're, what, that you're not a mistake. It's important to know that you're not an accident. It's important to know that the circumstances surrounding your birth may not have been the ideal circumstances, but God brought you here. It's important to know that you were meant to be here. You might not have been raised by your mom, but you were meant to be here. You might not know who your daddy is, but you were meant to be here. You might have been born out of rape, but all I'm telling you, you're no mistake. God had you be here. So you need to understand that God has ordered your steps. Before you was born, God ordered your steps. Before you was knitted in your mother's womb, God ordered your steps. Before you even had feet to take steps, God ordered your steps. Before you even had the little bit of faith, God had already ordered your steps. God ordered yourself. The same God who said, let there be light is the same God that says, let there be you and let there be me. I'm talking about the same God. You ought to give him praise for that. So when you realize God has a plan for you, you can't get caught up and look, caught up in looking and see what everybody else is doing. That's one of our biggest problems. Matthew chapter 20, the people are sitting idle with nothing to do. And a business owner comes through at three different times of the day. He comes through at 6 a.m., gets some workers that say, come work in my vineyard. He comes, gets some more workers at 12 noon and tells them, seeing them sitting around and say, come work in my vineyard. Then he sees some other ones at 5 o'clock in the afternoon standing around. He says, come work in my vineyard. Well, the close of day was 6 p.m. and it was pay time. So he pays the folks that came at 6 a.m. a certain amount of money and they were happy. Then he pays the people that came in at 12 noon 
a certain, the same amount of money. And the one started at six start raising their eyebrows like, huh? I've been here longer than them and they got the same money that... Then he pays the one that came in at five o'clock and only worked for an hour the same money. I know a lot of us have problems with that. He pays them the same money as the person that started at six. I know, I might as well, don't shame the devil, tell the truth. And he pays them the same amount of money. And what he paid them, as long as they didn't know what the other one was getting, they were okay with it. But when they found out that the one only worked an hour got the same money, they got upset. Let me tell you something, you can't worry about what somebody else is getting. You can't worry about how somebody else is preaching. You can't worry about how somebody else is singing. You can't worry about how God is blessing somebody else and may not be blessing you in the same way. I know that wasn't going to preach too well. Jeremiah says, tells them in verse 10, after 70 years are accomplished in Babylon, God is going to perform his good works and bring them back. The question is, can you look beyond the 70 years and see the plan of God? Can you look beyond the period that you're going through right now and see the plan of God. You might be going through a season of bad health. Can you look beyond the season of bad health and know that God is a healer at the end of your season? You may be a single mother and it's rough. The daddy is not around for the kids and you're doing everything. You waking up in the morning, you going to work, you shuffling the kids off to, off to school and babysitters and then you're tired, you coming home, you're cooking and you got to put kids to bed. But can you get through the season and know that God has a plan beyond the period? Your finances may be tight. They might be jacked up. But can you get past the season and know that a cattle on a thousand hills belongs to the Lord? Can you hold on and wait for God to make his move? I'm not preaching about something that I thought about. I'm not preaching about something somebody told me. I'm preaching about something what God has showed me and taken me through the period. And I declare at the end of the period, he was there. He says, he goes on to say as we wrap this up. He said, the plan's going to work out for your good. I can't define what good is. Neither can you. Somebody had called Jesus good master. And Jesus said to him, who you call good? There's only one good. Some of you think because if you could just get a certain career that you would be good. That same career could be the one that give you a heart attack and take you up out of here. You don't know what's good. Somebody said, if I could just get the right mate, if I could just get the right man, you know what that same man you think is good can be just as bad? The Bible says the heart is deceitful above all things. Who can know it? You, only God knows what's good. He goes on to say, I'm going to give you a future and a hope. See, you have to look beyond Babylon. Yes, sir. See, we as Christians are challenged to live 
in the present as if the future is now. Let me say that again. We as Christians are challenged to live in the present as if the future is now. See, we got to live and believe by the word of God. For, for, for us, hope and a future is not a concept. God is the great I am. God is your hope and your future. God is your past. He was there the whole time in your past, even before you was knitted in your mother's womb. God is your present. He promised never to leave you nor forsake you. God's your future. I used to like when my daddy used to sing, let Jesus lead you all the way from earth to heaven. God is your future. See, if you leave God out of your plan, you don't have a hope or a future. If you don't know God, if you leave God out of your plan, you don't have a hope or a future. If you want hope, it's in God. If you want a future, it's in God. You see, I'm pre-approved by God to be blessed. I said I'm pre-approved to be blessed by God. It's not because I got a 700 credit score either. It's not because I, 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 you see, I couldn't pay my sin bill on time. It's not because I dotted every I across every T. The truth of the matter is I was bankrupt spiritually. You see, God has pre-approved me though. The truth of the matter, I was sinking deep in sin. I was far for the peaceful shores, looking to rise no more. But the master of the sea heard my cry. And it was love, it was love, it was love that lifted me. You see, the truth of the matter is I was blind and I couldn't see. The truth of the matter, the wages of my sin were death. But the master saw my poor condition and he heard my plea. He bankrupted heaven and sent Jesus for me. You can hear what I said? God bankrupted heaven. And he sent Jesus for me. I know it was the blood. You see, 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 he didn't have to bail me out. You know, we got bailed out, but God gave me more than a bailout with Jesus. He paid it all, and all to him I owe. Jesus died on the cross for me. Jesus died for you. Jesus died on a Friday. He made himself poor just to come down and be with me. The Bible says that the Son of Man didn't even have a place to lay his head, but he gave up the riches of heaven to come down for people like you and me. You ought to give him praise right now. I'm so glad. I'm so glad. I'm so glad that he shed his blood for me. He paid the price for me. He paid it all, but early Sunday morning, great God from Zion, early Sunday morning, he got up. He got up with all power in heaven and in earth. Oh, how precious is the blood of Jesus. That blood is more powerful than anything on earth. Let me tell you, one drop 
is more powerful than any affliction that you can go through. One drop of his blood is the reason that I'm alive today. One drop of his blood has made me pre-approved. One drop of Jesus' blood is stronger than any disease. It's stronger than any hurt. One drop of Jesus' blood is stronger than any generational curse. I'm pre-approved. I'm pre-approved. I'm pre-approved. Thank God Almighty. I'm pre-approved. I'm pre-approved. I'm pre-approved. Because God is good. Oh, thank you for his grace and his mercy. Thank you. And what's so good is because God is good. And the reason you're here today is because of his grace and his mercy. Pre-approved today. I'm pre-approved to be blessed by God. We're going to open the doors of the church this morning.